Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 136, and it's from a while back when I went to Kentucky and interviewed Evander Holyfield for the podcast. I also sat down with Will Temple. He's a boxing coach, mentor, trainer, really great guy. He and I sat down and chatted about what it's like for him to train young boxers coming up in the sport. And he trains his son, Joshua Temple, who is a phenomenal athlete and boxer. And I actually had the opportunity to watch Joshua and his bout. Very interesting. I learned a lot. If you hear little clips here and there, it's because uh, I'm trying to save the ears from the squeaks. Uh, He was sitting in a very squeaky chair, so I did my best to kind of take the squeaks out. It was the chairs we had at the hotel, the best we we had. So um, hopefully that won't be too distracting. Um, uh, Will, uh, like I said, trains his son Joshua and some other kids and, or I should say young men, Uh, and I'll put a bunch of information on heyhumanpodcast.com with links uh, so you can find uh, Joshua and Will and and all the stuff that's going on around them. Just the usual stuff, uh, rate and review Hey Human on iTunes. Uh, That would be awesome. And you can find Hey Human Podcast on Instagram and Facebook under, obviously, Hey Human Podcast. Uh, I have Insta, Facebook, and Twitter under Susan Ruthism. That's my own personal pages. Uh, if you are feeling in the giving spirit for the holidays, please check out the contribute button on the heyhumanpodcast.com website. It's up there in the top corner, and uh, every little bit helps uh, support Hey Human. There's also an Amazon portal. You can click on that, shop at Amazon like you normally do through the portal. And uh, it helps support Hey Human. So every little bit helps for sure. I'm trying to think. Oh, Susan at HeyHumanPodcast.com. You can email me. I've actually gotten some really cool emails lately. Thank you. And on Twitter, uh, Ash Gallagher, who is a war correspondent, uh, she reached out to me and because um, she had heard Rachel Caden's episode. And we got to chatting. And then she and I ended up having a conversation for Hey Human Podcast. So that one's coming up in a couple weeks. It's going to be a real good one. Yes. Uh, (laughs) That was me rubbing my hands together for all you ASMR folks who love that kind of thing. The sound thing. I've been watching videos on ASMR. There's a couple of dogs eating vegetables that are really cool. It is weirdly soothing, I must say. I don't know if it's weird, but it is soothing. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, I hope it's a great New Year. And thank you for listening. Thank you for spreading the word. Please keep telling people about Hey Human. Tweet about it. Put it on your Instagram. Stick it on your Facebook. Do all the things. Get the word out. And uh, definitely email me uh, if you so feel like it. Susan at heyhumanpodcast.com, like I said before. And thank you. All right, here we go. Will Temple, welcome to Hey Human. All righty. <laughs> thank it's you good, for being here. It's good here. to be here. I'm blessed. I woke up this morning and I'm talking to one of the beautiful young ladies from <laughs> Seattle, Washington. That's right. I live in Nashville, but I am I am from Seattle. Um, so we met a couple nights ago at the meet and greet with all the boxers and your son, right. Joshua. 
they get had kicked butt yesterday night. Joshua Temple. Yes, Joshua yeah. Temple, and he KO'd the other guy. Yeah, Mr. Um, Alexander Brunson. Yeah, it was it was really I that, so yesterday was the first time I've ever seen boxing in real life. Yeah, and all those matches, I don't. I mean, now I'm spoiled. How am I ever going to do better than that? It was incredible. Come to more come to more boxing matches, but a lot of people misunderstand boxing. I would say if, I was one of those If you do your research on it, boxing is a self-defense sport. I can say self-defense. You're supposed to learn how to professionally uh, defend yourself. Mm. If you know nothing about defense, then the thing that happened to you is like Joshua Temple ended this fight early because the guy didn't have enough good defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is... That is something that I saw a lot of yesterday was, I think my perception of boxing was just two people get in a ring and, and beat each other until they can't stand up anymore. But now that I've seen it in real life, um, it was like a combination of watching ballet and it was, there was almost like a story going on in, in between the two people fighting and, um, and just the technical, just all the moving out of the way and when the punches actually connected, it was really beautiful to watch. I didn't think I would ever say something like that. It's a defensive sport. Now, if, when we say defense, it's an art. Defense is an art. And the art is they hit and don't get hit. If you get hit a lot, you won't be able to accomplish what you in the profession for. One of the greatest boxers in the world, which is, uh, his name was Gene Tooney. His record was 89 wins and one loss. And his theory was, if you take a lot of punishment, you can't make all the money. Take no punishment and make all the money you can. If you're in use in a sport that's a defensive sport, you're taking punishment and you won't be able to make a lot of money. So, whatever boxer do, uh, that's what you have to do, not take a lot of punishment. It's an interesting sport because a lot of people think, oh, all boxers are dominant poor. They're just trying to go somewhere. But the key thing is, once a person can come from a poor environment trying to make money, they're going to do whatever it takes to keep making that money. People, you know, they, don't, they just look at it from the outside. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of heart to get inside the ring. Did you box when you were younger? A little bit. A little bit. So not, how, how not, did you go from that to being a coach? <clears throat> because uh, I love boxing, and when I couldn't, uh, when I couldn't do it no more, I just figured, you know, I like it so much. So I'll just help other kids. It kept me out of a lot of trouble. <laughs> so I said, you know, maybe if I do the same thing that I did, I can tell somebody else and train them to try to see out of trouble too. Yeah. It worked most of the time. But you know, if you can't keep the young person in the same environment or it's no trouble, I, he might lose his discipline and get in trouble. Because usually people's, you know, hey, that's a tough guy. You know, I could use him, you know. Mm. You know, use him to beat up somebody or take his skills to do the wrong thing. Mm. Yeah, so. How do you find your uh, your fighters? Oh. How do you find the people to train? They come 
they come, they they want, they watch it on TV and they just, they come to the gym and say, you know, two or three of them might come in together, they might be friends, you know, and they say, we want to box. So they come in and they tell some other friend that, hey, I got a boxing match. And their friends come to the boxing match and then, just like you, they say, well, I like this sport. I think it's not what people said it'd be, <coughs> but, you got to have the heart. You got to have the mind, the heart, and the spirit to be a to be a boxer, something uh, to the caliber. Anything that you want to be is is psychological. If you want to be the best, you got to train to be the best. People think that you know, hey, I got good athletic abilities and I could do this, I could do that. No, you have to have the brains to do anything. Now you saw some of those young men that might have got hit the wrong way, got hurt a little bit last night, but what they don't realize when they go in that ring, and most of them do, we could play tennis, and we could play basketball, we could play hockey, we could play golf. That's what separates boxing from all of them. You can't play boxing. And <laughs> uh, you can't play it. You learn a lot from kids, you know. You come into a boxing gym, you have an old person that's teaching you, and you learn from him, then you start teaching the younger kids, and then you learn from them. So it's, it's, a, it's a circle of learning. What's some of the things you've learned from the kids you've taught? What I learned? <laughs> I learned from them. I mean, uh, kids are, you know, up to a certain age, they, you see them when they're six and seven, some of them stick with it till they get out of high school and some of them go on to be professional, but I learned how to be a good, uh, good negotiator just by messing with kids. At an early age, they come in, they want, they negotiate it. They learn how to negotiate you, listen to how they talk and to get the things that they want. You see that they negotiators and it's a natural thing with them. And that's what I learned from them. But later on down the road, they forget how to do it. If you're uh, trying to get somebody to sponsor you, whether it's baseball or boxing, say, hey, if I could do this, if I could become world champion, if I could be a top contender, would you add this in my contract? Make my contract a little bit better or whatever. So, uh, yeah. Is that something that you teach also along with the boxing? Because I imagine that's a big part of it, especially if they're pro, going into pro. Yeah, yeah, you have to teach them that. You have to teach them a lot of things because it's very easy to get tied up with losing your money from on the income tax to uh, mismanaging your money, giving it away, you know, to your friends, you know. <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy how many life. friends you have suddenly when you have money. <laughs> yeah, you have, to, you have to teach them how to, uh, it's so many things. You, I, a trainer had to be a coach, had to be like a father-like figure, had to be a mentor, had to be a psychologist, you had to be like a nutritionist, you have to teach them a lot. It's just not teaching them. A good trainer, just, you can't just teach boxing. You know, it's like anything, you know, you might have 15 or 20 kids that come from a family, then you might have 15 or 20 that don't have nobody. And you know, you have to, you have to be like a father-like figure in a minute to them, you know, to teach them. Well, that's an interesting point. So the, the kids that don't have a family structure around them, how do you, um, how do you make sure they're getting the proper nutrition and the proper sleep and <coughs> strong mind and body? You, you take them in. Yeah. Do you have people live with you? 
Yeah, I have people live with me. Yeah. I, yeah, they they come and stay with you sometimes. I mean. Yeah. From that, when they get old enough, you you know, teach them, hey, get a job. You know, uh, you give them the discipline. You know, you you work hard at this boxing, and you got to work hard at trying to uh, finance yourself or put money in your pocket. You know, not the wrong way. You know, you got to teach them the right way because there's so many of them. If, if you don't get them, say for instance, you're a top gymnastic or whatever. You come from a rough family where your mother was uh, working as a strip joint and your daddy's uh, a drug dealer or something like that. And you have the talent. Well, you have to do your best to make sure that person don't go down the road they go down. Yeah. So, you know, you got to be... Uh, you have to be extra strong for them, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you do, because if you don't, it's easy for them to go back into their environment. You know, people do what they do because the environment they're in. I don't care what other people say, risk people or whatever. It's the environment that you put somebody in, you know. Uh, it's just like over here, you got a game, and over here you got a game, and you sitting here. But you got your friends in the game. Well, if you hang out with your friends for a while, you're going to be part of the game too. So you try to keep them away from stuff like that. Sure. That makes you know, you sense. Got, you know, hey, you got a job, and now you're training too. So you ain't got time. If you're going to be good at this sport, to be hanging out with somebody, you got to go to work come to the gym and go home. I'm curious if any of the parents who maybe aren't great parents, um, who see you becoming a father figure, do they get mad or jealous? No, oh, they like it. They do like it, <laughs> yeah, because then that takes the responsibility off of them. Some, yeah. and, and it teaches them how to, you know, hey, if you work with my kid like that, I need to work a little bit harder too. Oh, that's good. They, oh, so you're leading, they, they learn by watching you. Yeah. <clears throat> how to be a better parent. Yeah. How do you, uh, how do you, what's the difference for you between training someone who isn't your child and then like Joshua, who is your child? Is there a different dynamic? Do you have to be careful about not showing favoritism or, because he's clearly an exceptional talent. So do you just see that and, and that's easier to work yeah, with anyway? You, 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 can't, you can't show no favoritism. Sometimes when you're training of your own, you're actually harder on him than you are the other ones. You're harder on them because you don't want it to seem like you favor them. And I imagine- Cause the other kid will want special favors too. Yeah, and it probably actually makes your own children work that much harder because they don't want to look like they're getting special treatment because they want to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 It makes them rise to the occasion as well. How, how old was Joshua when you thought, oh, this is a special talent. This, you know, there's a moment where you go, oh, there's something here that's bigger than all of us. Uh, when he was, uh, uh, I thought he might have special talent because all his he's the youngest sibling, and it's all his sisters and brothers was athletes, and he wanted to be like them because uh, he wanted to be better than them. You know, it's the, you know you get the thing where you got. Kids, he wanted to compete against one another. So he wanted to be the best, and I, 
I saw him when he was at an early age, he, you know. Some stuff came natural, and some stuff didn't, you know. Like, his mother told me one time, well, why? Why don't he not hit the ball like the rest of the kids? You're a coach. And I'm thinking, like, I thought he could do all that. But he couldn't, you know. And when you, you know, psychologically, you just thought maybe he's been there all the time. He's been watching, so he's supposed to know it. But when you give them a little bit of time and give them what they need, then all that stuff that you thought he knew, it come out of them. Like I said, I thought when he came from T-ball to other team through the ball, I thought he'd be a great hitter, but he wasn't. It was there, but I hadn't took out no time to gear him in the right direction, and he ended up being a great baseball player. But the thing about it was, I just took it, hey, you've been there all the time, you know how to do it. And, his mom said, no, I saw him in that game, he struck up four times. <laughs> what kind of coach are you? Like, Maybe it's something that I didn't tell him. Maybe it's something I didn't work on. I worked on him for a few days, a few weeks, and he, now he's the greatest hitter in the league. So he does more than just boxing? He's baseball? And... Yeah, he, he, he was baseball. Now he's just focusing on just one. The boxing. The boxing. How do you teach... Um, kids how to take a hit because although it's a defensive game as you were saying and I saw a lot of that I, I not, I'm so glad you said that to me the night before yeah. because it gave me different eyes to watch the game yeah. I saw that more than anything was saw them avoiding getting hit <laughs> you know yeah. all the there was one uh, boxer in particular uh, um, was it Mark Mar Marquette Marquette Mark uh, the more keys from uh, Washington, D.C. Man, that guy could move. Yeah. 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 He's from Washington, D.C. There were a couple of people up there that they, they moved so quickly. If you blinked, you missed it. Yeah. And that's part of the strategy, you know, is that when you're teaching a sport, you have to educate them in a way, you know, some kids don't like school. So what I do most of the time, I tie the boxing in with school to make them realize you're still a student, a student of this sport. I'm a student coach. You are a student boxer or athlete because you never stop learning. You're always a student, you know? Uh, and I tell them all the time, I say, now, yeah, Rhythm, math, you have science, you have art, and it's boxing. And you also, the number one thing that you have to learn to be any kind of athlete, you have to know how to read. I say, read? I don't like read. I say, well, buddy, in this sport, you have to know how to read. <laughs> yeah, you got to know your contracts. You got to know plays, depending on what you're... And you hit it down the head. You have to know play. You have to know how to read a play. Like if I'm coming at you, then I jump over here. Like you said, you saw the movement. Mm. Well, if you don't know how to read the movement of a person that's moving, you know, you're gonna you're gonna lose out. Cause now he was right here. Then he hopped over here and he's punching at you. You wasn't reading them right. If you saw him doing one time, then you saw do him again. Then if you're a slow reader. <laughs> He's gonna beat you every time. It's interesting that you reading, reading yeah. this, being able, 
you know a Jeff, you know a right hand, you, this is the one, two, one, two. You know how to read that, but did you know how to read the hook? You know how to read the hook, but did you know how to read the uppercut? No, you don't know how to read them because you don't know those punches. You don't know uppercut and you don't know the right. You didn't see it because you can't see it because it's a preferable billion punch. Yeah. It's not coming straight at you. It's coming from the side, so you couldn't read it. This is so. When I was watching, like I said before, that it was it, not only was it like watching ballet and obvious uh, athleticism, but it was also like watching a story unfold. And they do speak a language. As I was watching, uh, like I would try and focus on one at a time and watch their language. Yeah. And they were speaking in a language they they would say some sentences the same way over yeah. and over again and then every once in a while they would change the story you know and it's just like that it was like it's hard to explain how i was taking it all in but it's more it's more than what the naked eye could see people's yeah they, they, there's a lot of layers <laughs> there's a lot of things happening and it's a psychological thing because you know what even being what i know and uh, but my son, though, he get nervous sometimes. And that's part of my job, to make him not nervous. Uh, most boxers, you know, I imagine that the guy said, well, I'm getting ready to fight a guy, three times national champion. I know I could beat him, because that's what I've been training for. But once he step inside the ring, and he see that he is a person that he heard about, and he's just not a big guy that have no brains. Then he said, well, he go back from being nervous to being nervous all over again, and then that's what happened, you know? It's just like you're looking at me. He's a little bitty skinny guy. He's nothing, but I take my clothes off. He said, oh man, he's got muscles, but that don't mean anything though. But when I tap him a couple of times, he said, well, <laughs> those muscles do me. So, so <laughs> psychologically, you can build yourself to believe what you can do, but things change. I mean, I get nervous sometimes because I'm like, uh, it's the way a person looks. Psychologically, it could do something to you. So. You have to be able, you know, it's just not about getting in that ring. You have to train yourself to, hey, no matter what happened, what they get did before or what he did, what he might do for me, I got to worry about what's going to happen right now. <laughs> I, I got to save myself for the now. <laughs> yeah, watching clips of Muhammad Ali um, and seeing, you know, he'd have all those great poems that he would say and, you know, he was psycho psyching out the his opponents. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. psychologically, that's what he was doing. Yeah. You know, and people don't understand that part of it, you know. I had, of course, was telling me coming up here, you had a kid that uh, boxed from St. Louis and was in Utah somewhere. The guy came up to him and said, hey, I'm gonna kick your ass. And uh, the coach said, that guy told him that, that kid that, and he wouldn't even hit the focus mitt. He was just so, psyched out about the guy saying he's gonna whoop his ass. He forgot about everything that he had worked on. You know, and that what happened there now then the guy just come up, hey, I'm gonna kick your ass. I was an older guy 
And one of my kids said, that's all you do is cringe. You, do, you say this, you say that. Do you really know how to fight? I'm like, yeah. Well, show me. I was in my mid-20s. <laughs> I had no men to fight. And I was trying to take care of family. But I had to prove to my son that, hey, I do know how to fight. So we both fought in the same boxing tournament. And it was one of the first time ever and up to the state that the record still stand was a father and son really actually won. Uh, we called it in St. Louis the Diamond Club Tournament. And we both won. But That's the thing, amazing. The thing was about it was, though, you know, we was talking about psychological stuff. My son might have been eight years old, might have been the nine, and he would go. I had about three or four boxing messages, and he would go tell the guys every time it was my turn to come up. He would find my opponent, he would go up and say, My daddy's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> he's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> I love it. And the little, you know, he's a little bitty guy. He's like, My daddy's gonna kick your ass. So, <laughs> psychologically, that sort of did son to the guy that I was going to box. He didn't know what he was doing. Was, was that Joshua that did it? No, it wasn't Joshua. It was my, it was my oldest son. That's so funny. Yeah, he's, uh, he's dead now. But he, oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he was, uh, he was the type of guy, like I said, you, he got into the wrong environment. And he, I used to say, he got the good side and he got the dark side. Mm. He went to the dark side. Uh. Uh, he started messing with uh, drug dealers and uh, guys that hustled in the street. And uh, he got mixed up in a murder. Mm. So they gave him 15 years in jail. And then he uh, got out of jail. Somebody killed him. But I'm so sorry. Well, that's, that's part of life. Yeah. That's the bad side of life, though. Yeah. I don't think a parent ever recovers from losing a child. I mean, that's, that's just not the natural order of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry for your loss on that. Yeah. That's awful. Um, what, what was his name? His name was Clarence. Clarence. Clarence Kimple. All right. We're thinking of you, Clarence. One of the greatest amateur boxers that ever came out of St. Louis. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he was, he was a great kid. But, uh, Does that motivate Joshua, you think? To Yeah. 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 He, uh, <laughs> he used to help coach him mm-hmm. from his jail cell in prison. Did he really? <laughs> oh, wow. Every time he thought he was going to fight, we'd call him and tell him what to do. But, uh, you know, when you got silver in the state, you know, it's a der- sheriff's that thing. They, they, they do, do stuff and different stuff again. Uh, like, they, my kids come from an athletic and boxing-like family. Uh, my his older brother was there last night, his second oldest brother. And when he was little, he used to take him around and get him into fights to make him tough. <laughs> he wanted to make his brother tough because he's like five, six years older than him. He had to go to school by himself. Oh, and, Joshua did? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't and, have any siblings to protect him? No, he did not protect him. <laughs> he came home crying one day and said, a boy peed on him. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, he said, I was standing there and the boy got mad at me. He just pissed on me today. I'm like, what? He said, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I had to go talk to the parents. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, 
he, he was helpless because he wasn't a tough kid when he was coming up. And I think that's one of the reasons that his mother finally let him box. He would he wasn't allowed to box at first. Yeah. He was allowed probably to go to the gym, but he wasn't allowed to box. Because she was nervous or so she didn't particularly she didn't particularly like boxing. Yeah. She seems very athletic as well. Yeah, she 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 is. Yeah. But she the, in talking to Joshua the other night, there, there's a sweetness to him that, I, that really shines through. And it was interesting because, again, it's that it's fascinating to, to have a conversation with someone and like, oh, this guy's very sweet and very gentle and very respectful and kind of quiet, you know. And, and you know, he, he asked me a question and about, and a lot of people aren't like that. You yeah. know, a lot of people just want to talk about themselves. Wow. And he was just very gracious. And then... He steps in the ring, and it just, he becomes this other person. Well, most, what most people think, that most boxers are dumb, but they're not. It's the wrong perception that people's. But most of them, because they're poor, they think, most people think they're dumb, but they're not. Uh, Every boxer I met over this weekend was not only kind and, and gracious, but articulate and funny. And I mean, yeah. I've had a ball yeah. meeting everyone. I, I, most of them would like that, you know, it's two sides of them. <coughs> like a good side and a bad side. You don't want to be on the bad side because they, <coughs> they say they're like a Gemini twin. They're good now, but now they don't change from being good to being smart and rough or whatever. Uh, and that's what they always ask Josh. At school, you know, one guy thought he was so soft. He came up and just pushed him out the way. Josh looked at him, and by the time he looked at him, the math teacher looked at Josh and said, Josh, don't do it. Please, Josh, don't do not do it. But the guy, because Josh is so nice. Yeah, he's really nice. He thought maybe I'll just push him out the way. He ain't gonna do nothing because he's so nice. He turned just like that, thanks to the math teacher, the math teacher was like, uh-oh. <laughs> he saved it, yeah. yeah. He saved him. Because, yeah. yes, he was the type of guy. He was not a bully. He didn't go on picking fights or doing whatever. He didn't have to do that because he knew what he could do. Yeah. You know, sometimes people want to test you. Yeah. Um, the littlest guy he, in the room tries to take on the biggest guy in the room. He was a big guy. but he, Yeah, he's tall. I mean, Yeah, but the guy that pushed him was a big guy, too. But, he, he you know, he... Uh, It's like this, you know, you could talk about stuff and talk up your reputation, but if your reputation don't proceed, then you just talk. What some people don't talk about what they could do. The worst way to find out what they could do is try to make them, make you show you what you do. You might not, might be something that you really didn't want to get into. But no, uh, the teachers say, the kids just say, at school, finally, he had said, "They always say, Josh, how do you go from being a nice guy, extra nice guy, to changing like that when you get in the ring?" And Josh would just say, "Well, that's just the type of guy I am. I know when to do what I got to do. It's stuff like a job." <laughs> yeah, it is a job. I mean, it's, it's a job. Yeah, <laughs> it's a job that you don't play. <laughs> It's so, a job that you do. Let's go, because I, I, I started going on and on about this other thing, and I, did, I missed the original question that I'd asked, and I, do, I am curious, how do you teach someone to take a punch? How do you, you know, because 
I'd be like, no, don't hit me. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a mental thing. I, I keep saying it's a psychological thing. You prepare yourself for that. You, you, uh, you go into the ring and you read a person that you got to box or you got to spoil with. Now, if you talk to a person like that, then you know, hey, that's a soft one. And you saw it coming. And you say in your mind, the next one might be hard. So when I push the hard one, instead of having your head like that, you sort of turn it a little bit, turn mm -hmm. it away. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you turn knowing that they're gonna... So it won't be a solid punch. That makes sense. Or just do like that. You either make them kind of miss or just be Grades where you. you won't take a full impact. Yeah. That's what you do. If you, it's like this wall, or like this thing right here. I could hit it hard and it might not hurt, but if I just keep hitting it, keep hitting it, it's gonna get soft. So you know that you don't want that to happen, so you just, Either move out the way or turn, or turn where it don't have a solid impact. But on top of that too, it's, we have different exercises that you do. You have a mouth exercise that you... Open and shut your mouth a lot? Yeah, for your jaws. And you have the side neck exercise, which, you know, build up the muscles on the side, build up the muscles on this side. Then you have the exercise here. Look up and down. I'm telling them so they uh, know what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, <laughs> side yeah, to side, up and down. Yeah, and that builds your neck muscles. Yeah. Yeah. So that they can take, or is that more so it's more stability for when you do get hit? Yeah. Yeah. We call it the backup exercise. Uh, backup defense. Because you learn how to, you know. And you might have been watching, and some of the guys are good at it, but your hands are for punching, right? But it's also for defense. You have to, they like punching me. So you're you pushing me away. Pushing, I'm pushing out boxer. the way. Do it again. You push your hands out. You push it. Yeah. You catch them. You push them out the way. Hit yeah. You, it's just your hands not made just for punching. It's made for defense too. You catch it. Yeah. You some of the guys do this. They do that. They they Keep put hands up. Yeah, I saw hands go up and a hand go out at the same time. Like yeah. It's a defense and an offense at yeah. once. Yeah. I noticed. You teach them offense and defense move like this is. This is offense. Uh -huh. This is defense. Stepping away. Yeah, so at the same time, you did an offensive punch and you did a defensive move. Yeah, so you punch and step away and that's... Yeah, you have to practice it. But it yeah, of course. It, it, it looked easy, but it's something you had to constantly... I don't know, it did not look easy to me. <laughs> it, looked, it looked masterful is what it looked like. It, it, it's, most stuff is repetitious. I noticed there were a couple times when um, when they would get in locks and stuff, they would bam, 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 three times on the head. Was that a signal of some sort, or is that just trying to get a couple extra licks in? Trying to get a couple extra licks in. Okay, I wasn't sure if that's like, hey, let go of me or something, or what that... That's why you had to... We try to teach them... Keep the distance from here. You got long arms. I do. I have a good reach. <laughs> so, you want, that's how far you want to keep them away from you. This far. Yeah. And a little bit further. Yeah. <laughs> so if you keep them away from with your arm reach. Yeah. Then, uh, you ain't gonna get hit as much. But if you got a long reach like this, and you let me up and on here, then I can. Yeah. I can tap you. In. <laughs> yeah. You funny. You said, is that a signal or something? <laughs> what? You said, was that a signal? I didn't know. <laughs> I was like, stop grabbing my neck. Now to hit him in the side like that, that's uh, that's legal. But if I was 
they hit you back here. Yeah. That's illegal. Is that, is that because of brain positioning? Is that why? Or what What makes something legal versus not legal? Because, why? If it's all the head. It, it could, it, hitting in the back of the head could mess your evil living, your balance up. Oh. And it's illegal. Yeah. See, the way your whole front part of your body, uh-huh. the whole front part of your body from here down to your, to, waist. To your waist. Those are legal punches. You can't hit them in the back. So you below. can't hit, you can't hit them back because I saw a couple people get away with a couple of those the backside. Well, we didn't see it. Probably. No, didn't see it. No. Yeah, and because uh, that's what they do. They do like that. Yeah. And they come around. And a good boxer, they had to know all the weak spots of mm. a person. Like you know, you got you got the kidney and the on the right side you got the kidney, the liver, and you got a solar plexus. Now if I was to hit you. I, it sounds simple, I'm telling you, but if I was just to hit you right there, you're like, oh, Willie, I'm passing out. And then you got, uh, you got the neck collarbone here, and you got, you don't want to get, most boxers keep the chin tucked in because you don't want to get hit in the apple, the throat, behind the ears. Well, and there's a big artery right there. ears just like Josh. <laughs> I stole his ears this morning when he was sleeping. <laughs> Snuck in. <laughs> uh, the temple and the jawbone. That's why they throw these punches. Yeah. So, it's... And you can see there, I mean, a couple of those punches that were delivered where the lower jaw went, the, the, the top of the person's head stayed here, lower jaw went that way, and then all this spit came flying out. That was insane. No, it's... Uh, it's gladiator. Now why why it's, did he get hit? Because he didn't have good defense. He didn't protect his face. Yeah, and that's all. If I'm trying to hit you, here, that's your reach. This your reach right there. And I'm trying to hit you, and you want me to miss? That's all you got to do is move back a little bit. Backward, yeah. <laughs> move out. Move out of reach. It seems so simple, <laughs> but it's going so fast. Yeah. And, you know, a, a couple of them, they, they, they would step back, and I would, and the other guy would be throwing the punch. And I'm thinking, does he not know he's about to step back? But then, in the moment, I'm sure everything going on and everyone's yelling at them between the audience yelling and then the coaches on the sidelines yelling. Dude, I wonder. I wonder if they even hear half the stuff that's. They hear like, I'm your best friend. Yeah. It'd be a thousand people in that audience. It's going to be a two or three voices you're going to pick up on. Your coaches. That's in your corner, and that one person that you listen to all the time. Those are voices that people pick up on. Yeah. You know, usually you know, like, I'm your father, and you're in that ring. You're the female in the boxing. You got your coach, and I'll say, I'll say your name. It might be a thousand other people just calling your name, but that one voice you're gonna pick yeah, up on. Yeah, that's true. It is true. Yeah. <laughs> The, um, you did sports too. Did I? Yeah. Um, I grew eight and a half inches when I was 14, mm -hmm. which was pretty traumatic on my body. And so uh, I was more gangly. And when I was really little, I ran track and I did ballet and, and jazz and tap and all that stuff that girls do. I shouldn't be gender specific, yeah. but that's what, you know, you do. And, uh, or what you did. And then um, I grew so quickly, it was very hard on my joints. And so... Sports. I got chased around by the volleyball coach a lot. No, he, he really wanted want me to play volleyball because I have exceptionally long arms. Right. Um, but I didn't really discover my own athleticism until I was, you know, 
a little older. Okay. And I like to run now, and I work out all the time, you know, okay. to stay healthy. Yeah. I'm not going to get in a boxing ring or anything. Watching yeah. the women fight yesterday, the first thing I thought of was like, oh, their boobs. How do they protect their boobs? <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's great. There was a woman sitting next to me, and I was like, ah. And we both were like, oh, my God, the boobs. It's so you, you stay here. In Louisville? Uh, I, I got in on Friday night and I leave today. Oh, you're going back to Washington? To Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, but then I'm traveling. I've got, um, I'm a musician too, so I have a big show in Seattle okay. that I'm going to play, to perform at. But when you come to St. Louis, you're going to have to call me so I can hear you play. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to, I would love to come into a gym and watch the training. I think that would be fascinating. Well, you come on down then, when you? Just call me when you get ready to come to St. Louis. Okay. Are you coming? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got my number, you just called me. So sweet. Okay. Now, how much training goes on in a day for preparing for a fight? And and do you ramp it up or, or scale it back a little bit right before so they don't anywhere get too from, tired? Anywhere from uh, four to about six hours. A day? Most of the time because we got to, it's, we either running or swimming. Mm. Or we run and swim in the morning, go with a few strategies, and then we go back to the gym in the evening and spend anywhere from two and a half to three hours. And what are we and eating she, to prepare for this? How, what's our diet like? Uh, mostly vegetables. We don't eat a lot of meat. Not even like turkeys and chickens and stuff like protein? Every now, every now and then we eat uh, well, see, now I, I find that really interesting. So you don't think you need to have a heavy meat protein in order no. to... Why do you ask yourself just a simple question? You got an elephant. You got a cow. They eat grass. They got, they got protein, right? Yeah. They got protein, but they never eat no meat. Right. You got oats and grains and... Peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> For the right. elephant. Yeah. You get the, that's where you get your protein. Yeah. That's where you get your protein. So you. you so he's mostly vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah. We used to, you know, the more you do the stuff, the more educated you get. Uh, well, you know, he used to eat a, a big steak or something before a fight, and uh, eat his pasta, you know, for his protein. But he's, you know, it's his it's nutritious and uh, it's toxic. Well, Josh, you don't have to eat all that meat. You could do this. You could do that. And. Uh, we always say, you know, we give we give the kids, you know, we we try to educate the kids. Like I tell you, that when you do the angles, you're here and you're over there. That's mathematics, cause it's an angle. And uh, the art, this thing about art, it's an art when you can't let nobody hit you. And I say, and the science of boxing is to hit a person and be somewhere where they can't hit you. So you're doing the, you're doing the science. And you're doing the order at the same time. Mm. And that's what Custom Model told Mike Tyson. He said, the sweet science of boxing is when you can hit somebody, you can be at an angle and be at a place where you can't get hit. Mm -hmm. That's the science to it. That's the science to it. Geometry. <laughs> now, if you, <laughs> you could think about it, but you physically have to be able to do it. And if you could think about it, visualize yourself to and be able to do it, it's a science. As you're watching Joshua fight his opponent, are you taking in all the things the opponent's doing? I mean, I assume you watch tapes ahead of time so you kind of know the way the other person dances before you're going to get in the ring. Some of them you can't see. So it's, it's, 
it's like like we didn't get a chance to study this guy now because he ain't got nothing out there. So what you do, you teach a person, you know, you got your reading skills, technical skills. You have to be able to read and adapt to anything that's in front of you. As long as you know he's right-handed or left-handed, then you have to be able to adapt to it. And you can't be adapting too slow, because if you don't, <laughs> It might be bad for you. Yeah. But it go back to the kids. They come to the gym until you learn from them. You, you do learn from them. Yeah. Well, because I learned that way too. I used to hate school. And I was out of school and I was working. I worked in that restaurant. I'm like, man, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? <laughs> Watching these pies doing this and doing that, waiting on people. I say, I don't think so. And I said, <laughs> I better take my ass back to school. <laughs> I better get some education. I better learn how to read better. <laughs> yeah. So don't be stuck watching pot. So you have to make kids realize the reality about things, you know. Yeah. You know, if I want to be the manager of McDonald's, guess what? You have to go back to McDonald's school to learn how to be a manager. Yeah. So you never stop learning. Right. You want to be the best box in the world? Well, you got to learn. You got to come to school. This gym is a school. You have to come here and learn every day on how to be the best, because if you don't... Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been fun. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And uh, I wish you guys all the success. You're lovely people and, and gracious with me and with your time. So thank you. Yeah. Bye, everybody.